All things work for our good, though sometimes we can't see how they could. Struggles that break our hearts in two, sometimes blind us to the truth. Our Father knows what's best for us. His ways are not our own. So when your pathway grows dim and you just can't see him, remember you're never alone. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. He has the master plan. He holds the future in his hands. So don't live as those who have no hope. All our hope is found in him. We see the present clearly. But he sees the first and last. And like a tapestry, He's weaving you and me to someday be just like him. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. He alone is faithful and true. He alone knows what is best for you. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart, trust his heart, trust his heart, trust his heart. Trust his heart. A lot of truth in that song, Glenda. Thank you for singing it. You reminded me as I was preparing my message today how that uh, much of our music around here and order of services is done uh, much of it two weeks in advance and sometimes in a quarter and things like that. And as I sat down on Wednesday and I looked at the music that we were having today and the verse that was picked out today, I thought to myself, oh my, God's hands is right in this service. He has orchestrated our team and we have a wonderful team around here. And it's so important for us all to be spirit-led. And as they put together the music and the verses and everything, it just plays so well into the message that we have this morning. And I trust that you'll uh, be blessed and you also think about the things that we have sung this morning, the songs. We started out with the presence of Jehovah, shelter in the time of what? Uh, do you see the topic up there? And then, He hideth my soul. And then, Psalm 32 is one of my verses that I'm going to be reading, Ernie. I, you stole my thunder, though. You know, I, I really don't know how to deal with that. In the name of Jesus, I'm satisfied. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And then, trust His heart. 
One thing we can be said about that is I think what gets us in a lot of trouble is we lean too much on our own understanding on things that happen in our lives. We cannot have a Hallmark mentality. My wife points it out every time we watch Hallmark. It's, by the way, a universal theme throughout it. It says, trust your heart. Remember, they, they say that all the time, trust your heart. Well, the Bible says our heart is desperately wicked. <laughs> I don't want to trust my heart. I want to trust his heart. He loved me enough to send his son to die on the cross so that I could have everlasting life. Praise the Lord for that. I've been blessed. I, I needed the blessing this morning. Uh, I uh, sometimes come with a rotten attitude. Have you ever had a rotten attitude? All right. Well, if you still got one, I hope that before you leave, it'll be taken care of. But mine has been corrected in the song service and just uh, seeing God's hands upon this service. And, and Dale, what a blessing seeing you this morning. Uh, I mean, two weeks ago, he had double knee replacement. And he's taking up the offering this morning. Man, that makes us feel like a bunch of wimps around here, doesn't it? Pam, you just remember that, all right? She's going to have one on the 28th. Uh, I don't know. I, I've heard some horrible things about knee replacements. How many have had your knee replaced? Oh, wow. Well, we got a bio, uh, bio uh, what's that word? Bionic church. Amen. <laughs> And then, John, it's good to see you here this morning. If I understood correctly, your prayer request is your mom passed away. Was it yesterday? Can we just take a moment and just pray for John and his family uh, to lose your mom? And, uh, and, John, it's good to have you here. I pray that this morning the message will speak especially and give you great comfort. Father, I uh, oftentimes we need to, to stop and ponder what's going on in other people's lives rather than just what's going on in our own lives. And sometimes we need to be reminded of those things. And so it is my prayer that, Lord, you'll bring comfort to John and Melindy and his family as the loss of his mom. And Lord, for those others that are here, we had such a wonderful memorial yesterday, and uh, we continue to pray that you'll give care and strength and guidance as she continues on in her life and her family as well, and others that have been in the hospital and those that, Lord, uh, that you've allowed uh, healing and some have not. We know that thou art in control of all things, and so, Lord, as now we continue our attention upon your hands on our lives and the storms that come into our lives. It is my prayer that, Lord, that you will open our hearts to be able to sense what it is that you would have us to learn today. Lord, we are so fickle. We are so um, sometimes deceived by life as it comes our direction. And so I pray that, Lord, that <clears throat> you will help <clears throat> in the presentation of your word today and the Holy Spirit to give to us what we need. Thank you for everyone that's here. Thank you for those who are watching on Facebook Live. And we heard about a church that lost their pastor and they're gathering today and watching this service. We pray for them and helping them to find a pastor for their little congregation. And for those, our missionaries and others, I pray that, Lord, that you'll just be with them. Give them what they need today. Might you just speak in Jesus' name. Amen. We uh, have been looking at this section. In, and you, if you have your Bibles, let me just read it uh, for you again one more time. In verse 24, we've read it before, we've spent three weeks on this passage here. Therefore, whosoever, verse 24 of Matthew 7, heareth these sayings of mine. I, I can't help but say how important it is to hear God's word. 
to be in God's Word. That's why we come to church, amen to that. Why we have a Sunday morning, why we have a Sunday school, why we have a Sunday night. By the way, tonight we're going to have a sang. How many know what a sang is? Brother Gower, you know what a sang is. That's Yes, sir, I knew it. I knew I'd, I'd be speaking right to your heart. Amen. A sang is, is the southern way of having, saying we're going to have a singspiration tonight. And uh, I, I think of what we talked about even on this past Wednesday night, that if there's any Mary among you, uh, let them sing. And boy, tonight we get to have a sang. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> oh, why we have a Wednesday night. By the way, our Wednesday night, we are in a series, and I don't know how long it's going to take or where it's going to go. For whatever reason, the Lord brought us into this, and we have a couple things going on on Wednesday night, 30 days to understand the Bible, a tremendous uh, uh, lesson on how you can put the, uh, the series and the, uh, the, the uh, periods of time in the Bible together and understand them better. And then I'm, uh, I'm talking about what makes a healthy us. What makes a healthy us. And I'll tell you what, my friends, it is very important for us to grow spiritually. You all understand that? Very important for us to grow spiritually. It's very important for us to listen, to hear, not just with our ears, but with our hearts. And I believe that as we hear and listen with our hearts, we then will be, as it says here, not only does he says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and then what? What's that next word it says? And doeth them. When we hear with our hearts, God changes us, brings us under conviction, then we'll go out and do the things that we hear. Don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the word. And that, my friends, is what makes the difference of those who are going to go through the storms of life. That's really the only difference that's here. Notice, being a doer of the word, not just hearing. He'll be like this wise man that builds his house upon a rock. And the rains descend, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat upon that house, and it fell not. Praise the Lord for that. For it was founded upon a rock. Then verse 26, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and what? Doesn't do them. The only difference. It could be the person sitting next to you in church this morning. I don't personally believe that this is talking about the person's salvation here. I personally believe that the Sermon on the Mount was written to uh, those who would be followers of Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Uh, though there is much truth to those who are not following Jesus and those that are lost, when storms come up in their lives, what do they have that brings security to them. We find a lot of people falling apart when their life comes to a crisis. We see this in the world, don't we? We see this all the time. I mean, we've been, we've been uh, reading in the news about people that get upset over the things that happen to them. And their life falls apart. We heard of the... Facebook murderer, and that he had a tiff with his girlfriend, and because of that, he became so angry that he went out and he shot an innocent man. All I can say is, praise God, that innocent man knew Jesus Christ as his Savior. Amen to that? And I don't know if you heard some of the rest of the story, but the family was a born-again family, and they forgave the murderer. They forgave the situation there. There was a nine-year-old boy that had struggles with his 11-year-old girlfriend. And I'm thinking to myself, what's a nine-year-old boy having an 11-year-old girlfriend? I didn't like girls until I was 15 years of age. All right, what's going on in this world? 
But he got so distraught, a nine-year-old boy, and he went out and he hung himself. How can that be? We're living in a world that does not have a peace in their soul. How about us here today? Do we have a peace in our soul when the storms of life come? We sing songs like that, don't we? Some wonderful songs. A shelter in the time of storm. He hideth my soul. These songs that we've sung this morning. So this person, whether saved or lost, we find here that it says that he didn't go out and do these things. Verse 26, he'll be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell. And then let's say it together, the last part. And great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. Now, there's several things that we want to bring out here this morning, and we've been talking about the foundation. We've been talking about building and building healthy. This morning, we're going to talk about the storm, all right? How many have ever been in a storm, all right? Most of us have. If you live in Oregon or live in any part of the world, you've been in a storm, all right? You've been in a storm physically. You've been in a storm sometimes mentally. Have you ever been in a storm spiritually? All right. Those storms that come, it can hit all fronts in your life. They can come when you least expect it. It doesn't say here if the storm comes. Did you notice when the storm comes? It's coming. You're either in a storm or about to be in a storm or just coming out of a storm. How's that sound? You know, that's the way life is. It's filled with these storms of life. And he's talked about some dangers of self-deception. Uh, someone, I don't know who it was, I think it was a guest, uh, I think it was uh, Brother Tom, your wife said to me this morning, or somebody said to me this morning, that if uh, uh, we're not trusting the Lord, then we're in a serious uh, situation. If we start trusting ourselves and have self-deception that, hey, we can handle this. By the way, if you're a teenager, that's kind of the mindset that's out there, isn't it? We can go through this. Well, I tell you what. After we get knocked in the head a few times and even pastoring for 38 years, I have discovered I can't handle anything by myself. And if I try to handle it by myself, I'll mess it up. How about that? All of us need the strength of the Lord. We need to be hearers and doers of the Lord. And so he's talking about self-deception. He talked about those people that are on this broad way. Remember us talking about that? And many people are going that way. And possibly they feel safe and secure because there's a whole bunch of people that are going in a direction. Only to find that that direction leads to hell. Because there's only one way that leads to heaven and it's through jesus christ and he says narrow is that way that leads to eternal life and how important it is for us to find that way discover jesus christ and if you haven't discovered him why not today say listen what path am i on i need to make sure i'm on the right path so he talks about these deceptions then he talks about the fruits and how that sometimes they can be looking healthy but when you really examine the fruit you find out that they're not the way they should be and he, then he talks about professions and how the people were doing all kinds of amazing things. And there's, there's this deception that's going on even in churches that can be taking place. Only to find that the end, it will not turn out well. And what we find here in this passage here is a person's life falling apart. And I don't know if you've ever had your life fall apart. But it's a tough way to be. Maybe you're here this morning and you're going through some things and it's been tough. It's been tough. Maybe things have changed in your family. Maybe there has been a death of a loved one. Maybe there's some struggles going on in, in your relationships. Maybe it just seems like God is, is afar off. talked with a man this week and he said, uh, I asked him, I says. And this is that question. It's a good question. How would you describe your relationship with God? It's a good question, isn't it, Brother Chuck? 
It's a good question. To all of us, we need to answer that question. How would we describe our relationship with God? This is what he said to me. He says, it's distant. It's distant. I don't want him to be afar off. I want him to be right next to me. Amen to that. I want him to be the guide of my life. And truly, he wants to be that as well. And by the way, even in the storms, he is there with us, isn't he? Uh, We've uh, seen that poem about the footsteps in the sand. Remember about the one set of footprints and the poemist or the author says, just when I needed you most, it's only one footsteps there. And the Lord comes back and he says, that's when I was carrying you through that time in your life. How many have ever had God carry you through the time in your life? Isn't it wonderful? His loving arms, the hands that created the universe, he's willing to carry us on. And he talks about these storms coming, and not to get deceived. And, and I'll tell you what, so what, what happens in people's minds, they begin to think that everything should be turning out well. Everything should be, be hunky-dory. We should be living on an island in paradise, and the sun is always shining. Does the sun always shine in Oregon? It does. Let me tell you, it does. Do you see it all the time? 270 days of overcash, Larry. Welcome back to Oregon. Amen. (laughs) This uh, man, and I've read him before about this rich man, the parable is very productive. He thought to himself, what should I do since... I don't have anything to store my crops. You know, by the way, can wicked and ungodly and unsaved and and, uh, people that are out in this world prosper in their lives? Yes or no? Yeah. You read Psalm 73 and the psalmist there, which is an interesting passage, he says to his soul, and he's, he's writing this, and he's actually saying it's so painful to him even to, to acknowledge this. He's afraid to acknowledge it to the Israelites, lest he discourages other people. By the way, we can discourage other people by talking about some of the things that are going on in our own lives. And he says, this was so painful for me that when I saw the prosperity of the wicked and there was no uh, funeral pangs that they had and, and everything seems to go right. And man, I'm struggling in life and I'm looking at myself and I'm having a pity party. How many have ever had a pity party? All right. all the, By the way, you know, uh, we, we go into those ways. We all do. I have tried to, to acknowledge that in my own life, that it is sin. Did you hear what I just said? I try to acknowledge it in my own life that it is sin so that I can change. Because when I'm having a pity party, I find myself focusing on me. God doesn't want us to focus on us. He wants us to focus on him and others, yes or no. Um, sometimes we can have a pity party and Pastor Nathan, this is something that God's been convicting me about here lately. I hope he convicts you of different things. I hope I'm not the only sinner in this church. Sometimes I wonder. (laughs) We talked about that on Wednesday night. You all hear that we're Wednesday night. We talked about that on Wednesday night. But I, I have, I have found that sometimes the things that I describe, they continue to focus on me and I'm trying to Break the habit of focusing on me. It's a good habit to break, by the way. Sometimes we can talk about how busy we are. It's almost like wearing a medal saying, man, look at me. Look at how great I am. Now catch me. You say, "Hey, this doesn't sound like wicked, horrible sins. Well, if God speaks to your heart about it, he wants you to correct it. You better be a doer. Did you hear what I just said? You hear what he says. He speaks to us in our prayers. He speaks to us in the word of God. He tells us what we should be doing. We better be a doer of it. And don't minimize it. 
So I'm trying to break my habit, Brother Ernie, of some bad habits. And the Bible says here that he that heareth the word and doeth them. Should I put myself in a different category because I'm sloughing off what I believe God wants me to do? Every one of us has a responsibility to be a doer of the word. So, I'm trying not to have my pity parties. You say, Pastor, how well is that going? Well, I'm a work in progress, all right? So don't come up to me saying, yeah, 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 yeah. you ain't doing very well with this. You just start going, yeah, 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 yeah. you're not doing very well with yourself, all right? <laughs> Amen to that. And that'll preach all in and of itself. But to be a doer and other things. You know, sometimes we can talk about our memory. You say, I don't remember if I've talked about my memory or not. <laughs> There's things. You know, what comes in life, it comes. We need to be praising the Lord. We need to be rejoicing in Him and giving Him thanks. Amen to that? So, as we move on in this passage, this guy, man, he had his crops. And he says, I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger ones. And, and then he says, uh, he says, I'm going to say to myself, you have many goods and sores. Take your ease. He drink and be merry and enjoy yourself. That, by the way, seems to be the concept of many people, including churchgoers. We shouldn't have storms. We shouldn't have problems. I remember talking to a man, I think it was this week, I don't know if he's here this morning or not, but uh, he was sharing how that um, he'd gotten away from, from, from the Lord. And, and he, when he got saved, God just did a marvelous work in his heart, and he grew, and oftentimes in church, when a person grows, uh, the church puts them involved in the church and gets them doing things. And that's all right, because we believe that getting involved is a healthy aspect of our Christian lives. But because the discipleship was a little shallow, his life started to turn uh, upside down. Problems came. Some of you have been in churches where there were problems, and all of a sudden we're thinking to ourselves, why are there problems? What are these struggles? What's this life all about? Where I've given my heart to Jesus. How come there's storms? A man went away from the Lord for almost 30 years. I remember talking to one of our deacon's wives, and she has passed away since then. And after she got saved, she had a nervous breakdown. We all understand that the storms are coming and the old devil doesn't want you to go on for Jesus Christ and he's going to throw storms and he's going to try to derail you. Don't let them. They're there. They're real, aren't they? Don't let them. He says, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your soul will be demanded of you and then who shall these things be? That's how it is with one who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Can I tell you the difficulties are going to come? And it's interesting. Do you notice here? <clears throat> he says rain. Now we're in Oregon and we're used to rain, aren't we? We're going to Hendricks Park today, the young at heart. <laughs> and I don't know whether it's going to rain or not, but... We'll take our umbrellas or whatever, and I'll rain. I, I don't know, Pastor Nathan, I don't know if you've studied this out, but it seems like maybe there's some, some levels here in the kinds of storms. It almost seems like it gets more severe as you keep on going through this. That's at least my thought. Brother Turner, I don't know if you have a thought in that or not, but the rains, and if I could... Because just could say is the rains are those things that come and maybe they're just a part of our lives and they come up. There's illnesses that happen. There's disappointments that happen. Uh, there's things that go wrong in our life. It seems like there's times that people will let us down. Sometimes we're getting older and it's getting difficult just to even get out of a chair. Yeah, amen. Amen and amen. I know right what you're talking about, preacher. 
Maybe it's an accident that you get into. Or maybe it's a traffic jam. How come these people got in an accident right in front of me? <laughs> Slowed me down. Let me, let me just say this, and I've been trying to encourage myself and other folks. Be careful of the little foxes that spoil the vine. You know, oftentimes, in the little things of life, if we have not learned how to deal with them, and they derail us, what will it be when the winds come? You know, the Bible has a verse that says, if footmen tire you, what will horses do? And the idea there is that these things in life, and, and I want to encourage you, as God speaks to our heart, as we hear the word, to go out and be doers of the word, we know we're supposed to be rejoicing and we're supposed to be giving thanks. Don't be derailed by the accidents that come or the incidents that come in your lives. Or you begin to focus on the troubles and the struggles and the, the difficulties or the disappointments. Because if those things derail you, when you get older, you're not going to have much to stand on. And I have seen so many people, when they get older in their life, they've not let the little things exercise them and build the spiritual muscles that they need. So understand that even the little things of life, that maybe we just throw off like having a pity party. Or complaining because we don't like this or we don't like that. Pretty soon it's almost like we're, we're putting this wrong stuff in our heart. Let's get rid of it. You ever get upset when someone pulls out in front of you? I don't because I'm usually the one pulling out in front of people. <laughs> and I, oh, I'm driving to uh, Somerville tomorrow to preach at a pastor's conference. You all pray. My wife says, I don't want you to drive all the way there by yourself. And so I'm trying to get someone to take me. How's that sound? So... It'll be a wonderful opportunity. Things happen. Traffic jams. Um, then the floods. Martha, the water's getting deeper. You know, that's what happens when the rains keep coming and they don't go away and they keep coming. Then all of a sudden the floods come. Isn't that right? And when the floods come, then you realize, hey, there's a lot of hurt out here. These floods can be various aspects of our lives. It, it can be the enticements, the persecutions. The, the house seems to be rocking and our feet seems to be collapsing underneath us. Keep on going. Keep on going. And the Bible says if you've been a doer of the word, these things won't collapse your life. And then the winds come. Uh, how many have ever been in a tornado? Tornado. Oh, a few of you have. I don't think we have tornadoes in Oregon, or do we? We do, all right. Not very, uh, if you're from Kansas, uh, you say you don't have tornadoes in Oregon. Hurricanes. Have you been in a hurricane? All right, some of you have. So you know when the winds come up, the tornadoes come. This could be likened to a satanic attack. By the way, this is how Satan attacked Job, wasn't it? He sent the winds and it blew the house upon uh, his children and killed all of his children. The winds come. Something happens to you and it suddenly comes upon you. And maybe you've lost your health. And Lord, how we're praying for Vern and his health and, and others. And, and how that Frank Camilla, I mean, he goes in the hospital and that night he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Boy, that's a, that's a storm. And it comes. And it lose our health, lose our wealth, lose our good looks if we have them. Money and possessions. May God help us to trust in Him. You know, it says here, He will not fear, Psalm 112, verse 7, He will not fear when bad news comes. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. The word there, confident, is I put it up there and you can kind of read it on the screen here. It means it's set, it's established, it's fixed. Now listen to me. 
I'm going to give you in the last little bit of time that we have is the solution to this. And that is to have our heart fixed on the Lord. Don't take your eyes off of Him and put it on the circumstances of our lives. Fixed. You read in verses 1 through 7 there, this passage of Psalm 112. He says, Hallelujah! Happy is the man who fears the Lord. Not fearing what the doctor's going to say. Not fearing financial collapse. Not fearing, you see what I'm saying? All these other things that could be a part of our lives. But happy is the man who fears the Lord, has a respect for God. And Glenda, what you sang this morning, boy, trust the Lord, trust His heart, trust in Him. He makes no mistakes. Do we believe that this morning? Is it possible that what I am going through, He has a plan to better my life? Now, Larry, you and I got in that discussion about Job. And it wasn't until the end of the story, which Job did not totally understand why God did what he did, except that God says, I'm God. Job, you're not. (laughs) But at the end of the book, chapter 42, remember what it says, Larry? It says, Job was standing there. Lord, I have heard about you. But now I understand. Now I know you. And Job is given praise in all the things that he went through. He's giving praise that the things that came into his life were to cause him to come and to have a love for God and an understanding for God. But too many of us look at the circumstances and our life falls apart and we put our house on this sand that just crumbles because we don't think there should be storms. We don't think there should be problems in a church. Shouldn't be problems in a marriage. Let me ask you, is there any marriage here that doesn't have a problem in it or had a problem in it in the past or will have a problem in it in its future? Well, you don't know that yet, John. All right. I I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. (laughs) Oh. Trust the Lord. Uh, Taking great delight in his commandments. Hear what we hear. His descendants will be powerful. Talking about, uh, and in the Old Testament we see this, that those that trust the Lord, and, and, and they, they had this kind of home. Uh, uh, generations of upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in His house, and in His righteousness endures forever. And I personally believe as we would go into the New Testament, that the riches that we have is in our own soul. Would you not agree with me on that? It's not external. Verse 4 says, light shines in the darkness for the upright. In other words, God's going to guide you through those dark moments of our lives. He's gracious, compassionate, and righteous. Uh, Good will come to a man who lends generously and conducts his business fairly. Uh, Sometimes we don't see that at the beginning. He will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not fear bad news. His heart is confident. What? Trusting in the Lord. You know, you really will find out whether you're trusting in the Lord or not in the storms of life. And I personally believe that's oftentimes why God brings the storms in our life so that we can exercise our faith and our trust. And God wants us to exercise ourselves unto godliness. Let me just finish up with some of these verses. Psalm 92. It is good to praise the Lord. <clears throat> to sing praise to your name. Would you not agree with me on that? Does this say uh, only when it's going well for you? I'm going to tell you the greatest times to praise the Lord is in the middle of a storm. Because that's when God gets the greater glory. Uh, <clears throat> to declare your faithful love in the morning. Get up in the morning and say, boy, God, I thank you for your goodness to us. Your mercy is anew every morning. Your faithfulness at night. Lord, when I go to bed, lay my head upon the pillow. Thank you, Lord, that I didn't get in an accident. Thank you, Lord, for allowing this in my life. Thank you, Lord, for the things that come with the ten-string instruments of music and the lyre. And uh, uh, you've made me rejoice, Lord, by what? You have done, I will shout for joy because of the works of your hands. 
How magnificent are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. A stupid person does not know and a fool does not understand this. Let me ask you, have we read about a fool or a stupid person someplace else this morning? Where did we read about it? The house on the on the sand, the house on the sand. You know what? As as we, how, how many know we should be praising the Lord? <laughs> you know we know that, don't we? Be a doer of it. Be a doer of it. In Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three and uh, through twenty-four, a man's steps are established by the Lord, and he takes pleasures in his way. Though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed. Can a good person fall? Yes or no? Psalms tells us that a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up. And guess who's there to extend the hand to help us back up? Our wonderful Lord. He will not be overwhelmed because the Lord holds his hand. Same chapter of Psalm 92, verses 37 and 39. Watch. Uh, the blameless, and observe the upright. For the man of peace will have a future, but transgressors will all be eliminated. The future of the wicked will be destroyed. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. His refuge in a time of distress or a time of storm. God is our rock and our refuge. Amen? So as we conclude this message, keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen to that? You say, preach, you mean I sat here for 35 minutes just to find out that I'm supposed to keep my eyes on Jesus? Set your affections on things above, not on things of this world. If I want to be a hearer and a doer, then let's go out and do that. Is that that's simple, isn't it? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is... Stayed. Stayed on him. You know, John 15, they're part of the uh, upper room discourse. He says about the man who abides in Christ will bear much fruit. The word abide means to dwell. We've spent many times of messages on about where is our mind? What's it thinking about? Keep it on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it'll keep you in perfect peace. But things will come our way. Uh, here in Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion uh, for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. The word make haste there is, is he won't get excited. You know what that is? is? Is you start getting a little anxious. That's the the idea there. Is 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 you your 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 ground begins to shake, and you will feel that. And that's the temptation, isn't it? When you begin to see and sense what's going on, it's at that time that we turn our eyes unto the Lord. Saul, Paul, who had gone through many storms in his life, hadn't he? He'd shipwrecked three times and been scourged and all the things that he went through in his life notice what he says he says we are pressured in every way paul is trying to help the congregation of the corinthians understand that there's going to be pressures but you're not going to be crushed you're going to be squeezed there's going to be things that come in our lives that's going to hinder us but we're not perplexed perplexed or in despair we are persecuted but not abandoned. Don't ever feel abandoned because of the struggles of your life. We are struck down but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. Has it ever occurred to us that what God is allowing us to go through? Number one, it is nothing compared to what Jesus Christ has gone through. But he says that through the struggles of our own lives, through the persecutions, and all these things, we are able to reveal who God is. And by the way, that is what brings him glory. It's to reveal who he is. And if we fall apart because of a paper cut, 
and think life is over because this happened to me. If footmen tire, what will horses do? You're not going to be bringing God glory by the complaining or the struggles of our lives. We are to be praising Him even when you go to the doctor's office and he says to you, you have a terminal illness. And you say, doctor, I have known that for a long time. Right? Thank you for reminding me. I need to get busy before time runs out. I need to serve the Lord. Verse 11, for we who live are always given over to death because of Jesus. And you think the church, I mean, I understand that the church outside of America is suffering great persecution. They say there are more people being martyred today than at any time in history. How many heard that on CNN? Well, you did. <laughs> it's something that's not talked about very much. We bear about so that Jesus' life may also be revealed in our mortal flesh. You see that again. Talking about these. For all this, for all these struggles that he just had listed there from chapter uh, 4, verse 8 through on, 14. He says, for all this is because of you. So that grace, grace, the word grace is divine enablement. When you begin to feel God's hand and God's strength, and the reality to carry you through the storms is extended through more and more people may cause thanksgiving. In other words, as God's grace comes and enables us to go through those horrific times in our lives and we give thanks and praise to Him, it will overflow to God's glory. Wow. See, life's not about us. It's about Him. And our testimony before others and I don't know about you, but God's breaking my heart because so often my life is about me. My comforts, my conveniences. I don't want to be inconvenient. I don't want to have struggle. No one wants these difficulties in their lives. But God says you need to understand. We need to change our concepts of the things that go on in our life. It's not about us. It's about His glory. And that we can reflect Him in the storm. How well are we doing? Did you give yourself an A, a B, a C, D, or an F? Sometimes I've said to the Lord, well, Lord, is C minus is passing, isn't it? <laughs> Therefore, we do not give up, even though our outward person is being destroyed, our inward person is being renewed. What? Day by day. For our momentary light afflictions. Is producing for us. An absolutely incomparable eternal weight. Of glory. I would encourage you. If you would maybe even write down this verse. And go home. And study it. And pray about it. And say, God, I need to be a doer of the word. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. Father, I pray that you will help us now as we come and to be a doer of the word. And as we come to this invitation, we see Paul facing many difficulties in his life. But he says, but none of these things move me. Neither count I like my life dear, that I might gain the excellency of the Lord Jesus Christ. I asked you so many times, Lord, to forgive me of how short-sighted I am. So now as we come to this invitation, there might be some here that need to shore up some things in their lives. To change some concepts of their thinking, the philosophies of which have governed their disappointments, have caused the collapse of failures. Sometimes it's so easy for us to quit. God, I pray that you help us to be a committed people to a committed cause, to a committed Christ.
who said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. For some this morning, we needed to be reminded of this. For some of us, we need to look at the little foxes that are coming into our lives and wonder to ourselves, why are they so easily defeating us? So, Lord, as you've spoken to our hearts, it is my prayer that we will respond this morning and be doers of the word. If you've taken time, Lord, to speak to our hearts, then, Lord, help us to listen and follow. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And if God has spoke to your heart, I encourage you this morning to be a doer of the word. We'll give you this opportunity, this invitation. Maybe you're going through a storm or maybe God has just encouraged you to change your focus. Maybe there's some real struggles that are going on. Maybe you'd like someone to pray with you. If, if you'd want someone to pray with you, please let us know that. Before you leave, if you're not sure of your eternal destiny, I pray that you'll make sure that's taken care of. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to give an invitation this morning. I can't help but think how important it is for us to cast all of our cares upon Him, for He cares for us. Why don't we keep our heads bowed and eyes closed. And we're, Pam is going to play a song day by day and with each passing moment. If God has spoken to your heart, you'd like to come to this altar this morning just to get down and say, Lord, there are some cares that I have I want to cast upon your feet. If you want someone to pray with us, Pastor Nathan is here in the front as well. Let's respond as God would work, as Pam plays.